<laughs> was that pretty good, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, it is. I gotta tell you, it's so good to see you again. It feels like forever, right? Yeah, it does. Uh, yeah, what was your your trip away? Oh, my trip away. It was. It was a something, is what I'm gonna say. In fact, my day today was a something too. My boy. <sighs> I don't, even, I don't even have tea with me here. Let, let's actually let's get this let's get this uh this um um uh covered wagon trail started. <laughs> you hear that? <laughs> Good. Okay. You did hear that, right? I did hear it. Okay, I got, I got scared. I got scared. You know what's funny? Earlier, you were talking about um, feeling kind of silly because I had you singing, and like I couldn't hear you because of the mic and all that. And I just realized someone walked in, and they just see me like dancing and not hearing the music. <laughs> they think I'm like a maniac or something, or just like a really enthusiastic dancer, you know, or just like a really cool guy. Yeah, like someone's <laughs> gonna walk in, open the door, and be like, "Ooh." Ooh, look at this guy. <laughs> that that thing he did with his elbows is really <laughs> something. Um, oh shoot, I just realized I forgot something for um the podcast. Uh how about this? I'm gonna run downstairs. I know, not professional. I'm gonna run downstairs and you do the intro bit. Is that okay? okay? Cool. I'll be back. All right. So you are listening to the same team y'all podcast. This is a podcast that is produced by myself, Tess, and my best friend, Eric, who just went to go get something. And we are both librarians and we think that the world would be a better place if humanity just got it together and realized that we're all on the same team. And ultimately our collective success relies upon treating one another with respect. And so we just wanted to do this podcast to put a little positivity out into the world. And every episode, we talk about stuff that we love, you know, because if you're looking for things that you love, you're just going to see things to love all over the place. And we also, uh, we also talk about, um, we also issue each other challenges and we... <laughs> discuss the things that we've been challenged to consume by the other person and we also share life lessons that we've learned because honestly we're always learning life lessons and I think that we should all just be talking about them a lot more and that's the podcast in a nutshell did you um that sounds great I was worried I would come up here and you'd be like so anyway I hate Eric (laughs) (laughs) you smoke like an embarrassing story to tell about you that you wouldn't like readily tell about yourself so <laughs> do you do you know any of those because I feel like my secret so here here's a little here's my secret I tell all of my embarrassing life stories because I I was about to say I don't think there's any that I've told you I was like don't tell anyone yeah. you're always like ooh, ooh this is a good one. <laughs> oh, this is a good one let me tell you about the time I stepped it you know whatever do, 
Real quick, did you say our names? Yes, I did. Oh, perfect. So I don't have to do that then. Um, <laughs> uh, I was saying when we started, I feel like it's been so long since I've seen your beautiful smiling face, Tess. Huh? Although I take that back. Today, I was on our Twitter page and I saw your face looking very, very excited about a piece of dessert. And uh, you, yeah. said it, you said it was unflattering, but I don't know. I thought it just looked like pure joy. It, it was like radiating out like the sun. It was complete and total pure joy. Uh -huh. um, if you want to see this photo, you can go to our Twitter feed. Our handle is at same team, y'all. And I just posted, I like on Friday to post a fat story because mm -hmm. uh, Eric and I are generally very fat positive, body positive people. Your body, it looks the way it looks. Don't feel bad about it. You know, it, it is what it is. And some people are fat and I'm, I'm one of them and Eric's one of them and it's okay. <laughs> and <laughs> wait, 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 what did you say about my body? <laughs> wait a second, are you telling me? Um, do you ever, actually real quick, um, uh, would you like to go on a tangent with me, Tess? Oh boy, would I. <laughs> okay. Speaking of fat story Friday, which by the way, today at the date that we're recording this, it is Friday. So happy fat story Friday to you, Tess. Thank you, sir. Mm -hmm. Is there a moment in your life where you realize that your body may have been, let's say larger or in a certain way, more than the other kids? Because I have a very clear moment in my life. Um, I, I do. You know what? It's interesting. Like, I don't remember as a kid feeling fat. I just, now that I look at photos of myself, there's one in particular photo that I can see in my head. And it is me looking at a birthday cake. And I have a very similar expression as to that photo I just posted on Twitter earlier today. And it was a Princess Jasmine birthday cake. And um, I'm just like, wow, I was a fat kid. Okay, why didn't anybody, like, I don't know, sign me up for a dance class or something? Like, what's going on? Was, uh, this isn't related to anything, but was um, Aladdin the most recent Disney movie? Like, was that a topical princess cake? Um, that's a good question. Uh -huh. I just remember being obsessed with Princess Jasmine because specifically because she had a tiger for a pet. Ah, uh, yes. I thought that was the coolest idea. And I had a grandma. <laughs> My grandma lived in Las Vegas. And at the time, the big show in Las Vegas was Siegfried and Roy, the magicians who would do magic with tigers. And so I went to her house for my birthday and she had a Princess Jasmine and Raja cake for me. And oh, she, took man. Me, she took me to the Mirage on the strip, not to see Siegfried and Roy, but they had a um, they had like a little enclosure where a tiger would sit throughout the day. And I got to see one of the white tigers and it was pretty magical. That sounds great. Uh, a tangent on top of the tangent. Mm -hmm. Not that we should search for this, but if we searched, do you think there's any Raja and um, what was the tiger after the jungle book? The bad guy, Shere uh, Khan. Uh -huh. <laughs> do you think there's any artwork featuring those two tigers in friendly in uh, in a friendly way? Because they should probably be friends. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> uh, the internet exists, so they probably are something out there. Um, I will share my moment um, real quick is I was at 
uh, was I, I was at a friend's house and my friend, we were playing in the backyard and he said, hey, you should do some laps because you're fat. <laughs> and I said, oh, okay. And then, and then this kid proceeded to tell me to do laps around his backyard and uh, I figured that out. You know, really quick, Eric, tangent, tangent upon the tangent upon the tangent. Uh -huh. I, I, just because this is a super relevant conversation. Uh huh. Today, I had a chat with Jim. Do you remember Jim who worked I, at our library? I do remember Jim. You'll He's a great guy. Forget Jim. He's a c class act human being, really great guy. He happens to have a disability, uh, like, a developmental disability um and um but i was chatting with him today and first of all he showed me his guitar selfies which were really amazing uh -huh. i had never experienced them and i was really excited i didn't actually know that jim played the guitar he informed me that i did already know that but i had forgotten which is fine um and then um he was talking about how do we get on the topic we was talking about like how, how it's important to stay healthy and he he joined the special olympics in 1993 uh, and he said uh, ever since then he's just been um really uh, uh conscious of health and exercising and he gave me some tips um like i should probably cut back on soda he told me um which is true he's right i probably should well i'm telling you that all the time i mean <laughs> On, so that's actually how we say good morning. Good morning, Tess. Uh, you're coming back on Sunday, right? <laughs> he, uh, like, smoking is bad, definitely. Um, mm -hmm. Definitely shouldn't smoke, which um, he was in the Students Against Destructive Decisions Club when he was in school. So he knows all about that. Um, and, you know, Eddie Van Halen smoked a lot and now he's passed away. So we should all um, learn from that. And I think- Did, did he I pass away recently? He, he did. Um, I know you live under a rock, so it's okay. That I do. Remember when we discovered I didn't know who, who was the person I was supposed to know from the cake challenge? Caitlin Jenner. Yeah, I did not know. And Amanda looked at me like I was a maniac. And I was like, I did you know that this person used to be a, give me a second, a track and field runner? Right. Yeah. Um, I almost said tennis player. Yeah. They, uh, uh, Caitlin Jenner is like really super but that's okay that you didn't that you didn't know that. But anyway, Jim, I told Jim, I thanked him for being so inspirational with his health tips. And I told him he was a really good role model and he thanked me for that. So um, I think um, I think I just really need to uh, cut back on sodas and watch my health, like Jim says. So that's the moral of that story. <laughs> Jim every year would give everyone in the building a Christmas card. And he always made sure he went out of his way to say hello and goodbye to Freya each time. So he's well, a really good guy. You know, Jim um, does give everyone a Christmas card uh -huh. except for me. He gives me a Hanukkah card. What a sweetheart. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I never told Jim that I'm Jewish. Um, he, uh, I don't know how he found or, or did you and you forgot? You know what? I might, uh -huh. I might have. I have a... Uh, Silly me, I've got a bad memory. So I might have, but I remember like the first few years I worked at the library, I got a Christmas card and then it switched. Mm -hmm. And then Eric, then I transferred to another library and Jim put the card in the mail to me. 
because he's such a great guy. He's a good guy. <laughs> love that guy. I really yeah. love working with Jim. And uh, that's been Jimcast, where we <laughs> we talk about our good friend Jim. What? What can you do for Jim today? Um, speaking of Jims, do you have a quote for us? <laughs> I <Is> do. It... <laughs> it's okay. not from a Jim. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a really good segue. I wish it had worked that way. Um, so it's um. I my quote today is just a, a sentence from a poem, actually. The poem is called The Hill We Climb, and it's by Amanda Gorman. Um, and she uh, recited this poem at the inauguration of President Joe Biden. And um, this I just thought was my favorite line from the poem. And it goes like this. A new dawn blooms as we free it, for there is always light if only we are brave enough to see it, if only we are brave enough to be it. And I just think that's like a, I just love that line. And I love, you and I often quote, Mm -hmm. um, I believe it was uh, Gandhi who said, you should be the change you wish to see in the world. And I feel like that's kind of, Miss Gorman's way of saying a similar sentiment. And it just really resonated with me when I heard her recite. I like that she says, have the, was it the courage or to be brave enough to see the. Right. If only we are brave enough to see it. If only we are brave enough to be it. I like that because especially the seeing part, because, um, I think it's very, so once I was talking to a good friend from uh, my former library system and I was talking about, you know, just trying to keep a positive attitude and trying to see the good in the world. Um, and he said, he said that um, I was uh, not in a mean way. He was joking around, but like that I had my like head in the sand, like I was ignoring the real world. Right. And I tried to tell him, I said, well, the good in the world isn't, made up (laughs) you know just because you know if you see the good in the world and that doesn't mean that you have to ignore things that you wish were different in the world but it is important to see the stuff that is good because it's everywhere it's just really easy not to see frankly because it doesn't get as many clicks as the bad things to be serious you know yeah mm -hmm. and that's kind of a same team y'all message too Mm -hmm. that's one of the things we talk about is um looking for those positive things looking for those stuff that you love yeah yeah and i i think too we don't always say this but i don't think it means like ignoring the things that upset you but it's also just making sure you're giving equal time to the things that are really good. Cause it's for some reason, whatever in our brains, the human brain from evolving is that for some reason we almost don't even see the good cause we're looking for that next problem. Right. Or that thing, yeah. you know, I always, I say this to Brett a lot because he kind of gets stuck in those loops a lot where he compares his life mm-hmm. to other people's lives and finds it wanting. And mm-hmm. I had told him you have to, you, you were, you're comparing up, and you should also compare across and compare down. Like you can't constantly be, you know, thinking about all of those negative things. It's it's helpful to also think about the things that you do have. And- yeah. And also while Brett's comparing, like he has his own perspective. So who's to say whoever he's comparing up to doesn't compare up to him as well for different reasons. You know, here's the thing I don't often think about, like I have a wife and a daughter and I often take that for granted because I just have it. 
I can't imagine like, well, not to be like, Hey, if you're a single dude out there, go for it. But I mean, you know, if I'm a single guy and I was like, boy, I wish I had a wife. I wish I had a daughter. Not everyone's as lucky as I am, you know, not to be that guy, but it's true. You know? So some, sometimes when you're looking at a person's life and it seems like they've really got it together sometimes that's performative mm-hmm. and um like they say the grass is greener on the other side sometimes it's fake grass and yeah it looks it With- looks green and healthy but it's not and we should probably be mindful of that yeah. as well. Well, especially with social media, sometimes there's a special green grass filter that they put on the grass. And then also they Photoshop some extra grass in there and it was perfectly staged and it was, you know, whatever. Uh, but <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. They show you that yeah. one little patch of grass. They don't show you everything else. Yeah, yeah, just past it, yeah. Um, excellent quote. What is the name of that poet again? Um, her name is Amanda Gorman. What if I told you that she's going to be on our next episode of that, Same Team Yo? That's the front door. That's not happening. That's not happening. But it might. She probably <laughs> is asked to go on a lot of podcasts now, I, I think. She's probably very uh, inundated with requests you for think, appearances right you now. You think she's probably showing up on like Shaq's podcast, right? And, yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. We're, we're low on the podcast. We're, we're, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're down there. Um, I have a surprise for you. You ready for this? Shaq? What? Is it Shaq? Yes. Come on in here, Shaq. What are you doing here, my friend? No. Here, I'm going to play a tune, and you say the word that's missing. You ready? <laughs> Emails? emails good job Yay! <laughs> you're so funny our email this week is from our good friend morgan binnix now if Yay! you remember do you remember morgan gave us an I update do. about about I their ho- i was hoping she would write us back <laughs> yep, she wrote us back with our library update and uh uh here we go this is oh so um just to fill people in um morgan was telling us just about how it's been at her library uh just because of COVID-19 precautions and everything like that. And we just want to make sure Morgan was doing well. So uh, Morgan emails us, hi, Eric and Tess, your podcast. Oh man, Morgan, thank you. Your podcast is a constant source of joy and delight to me. So I'm really glad you're both in a place physically and mentally to be able to share that with us. Hope you're well. That's very sweet. Here's my library update. Yes, sadly, Anne Arundel County Public Library was not able to maintain reopening open fully as we tried to do last summer. Since then, we've been mostly curbside only, also offering in-person appointments when we can, and we're starting appointments up uh, back up again next week, so hopefully that'll uh, just be the first step. Through all of this, your positive attitudes have helped me get through and helped me maintain a same team y'all mindset with my colleagues. It was a huge adjustment for all of us, but what helped us was that we went through it together together. I've never felt closer with my teammates than I do now. And a lot of creativity, innovation, and mindfulness has come out of this difficult time. Thank you for your inspiration. Wow. Um, I know, right? That is so sweet, Morgan. And way to like look on the bright side and and, and actually see a bright side of all mm-hmm. of this like wildness that's been going on. Morgan really gets it. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, Morgan definitely gets it. And also, like, I don't know, I, I appreciate that that she gave us um, an update. So we know that you're 
that that you're doing okay morgan and then also like it is a good way like here's the deal like these times are tough but like we're all in it right <laughs> we yeah. all are and i think it's easy to forget that sometimes but it's true um she also says one last thing is um was this my last episode what was the episode uh, they all blur together um where i mentioned that i i overshared with my boss and like told her and like asked her to contemplate how many people like died in the world while we were having our conversation um but she said um i've never related to eric more than when he was reflecting on how he maybe overshared with the supervisor uh, supervisor i have been there but in <laughs> your own immortal words it's fine it's fine it's all fine it's fine yeah it doesn't matter it's fine right <laughs> i wasn't fired so it's fine right. um thank you so much morgan Benix, uh for your email and uh, if you if any listeners would like to email us that email is same team y'all at gmail.com boo, boo, boo. and that twitter handle is at same team y'all <laughs> did i um ask you like the email as you were fixing your hair i'm sorry i didn't mean that's to okay that. yeah. it's fine <laughs> hair stuff is so confusing to me hair you- stuff Hair stuff. You ready to talk about some stuff we love? I am so ready. This is the stuff that we love. We love! This is the stuff that we love. We love it so much. This is the stuff that we love so much. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed this, that um, I really upped my dancing game. You really have. That was some, like... <laughs> top tier dancing i I, loved it um i should mention uh, any audio listeners if you've ever wondered what mine and tess's smiling faces look like or what my phenomenal dance moves look like uh, you can find us on uh youtube at same team y'all you know we post all these um episodes on there as well and uh i think my first couple episodes i i think i did this a lot like you know, and now I'm like, I, it's a whole body experience. Full you know? on Vogue experience. I love it. You want me to go? You go. You want me to go? Okay. You, you go. We, me want you go. <laughs> you want, you want me go? Okay. <laughs> you want me go? <laughs> so Eric, what, what is something that everybody says about me? <gasps> um, oh man. Um, give me one second. Um, that you wear beautiful dresses. Oh, that's nice. I don't know if everyone says that about me, but give me more um, guesses. Give me I want more guesses. Um that you play the ukulele. Um Tess really loves music. Uh Star Wars. Dogs. God, you love a All lot of things. These are true, but Twin Peaks. Wait, stop. Don't tell me. Twin Peaks. Um podcasts. Oh, come on, Eric cults that's right (laughs) how did i forget that it was cults the whole time of course Uh, it was cults all the way down it was cults as far as the eye goes it's just different cults after another yes that's the thing people say about you yeah so um for legacy listeners you'll know that a fascination of mine is with uh with cults and kind of like outsider lifestyles basically Mm -hmm. and um eric this past fortnight i read a really amazing book about a cult and the title of the book is the project and the author of the book is courtney summers and 
Courtney Summers wrote a book a couple years ago called Sadie. Did you ever read that book, Eric? <laughs> I'm guessing it's not the children's book called Sadie, right? No, it's yeah, not a children's book. There's a, there is a children's book called Sadie, which is very cute. It's about being, if you're different, it's okay. It's probably not this one. <laughs> no, it's a, it, this was like a gritty psychological thriller about a young woman who um, her sister goes missing and she goes looking for her sister. And it's also about a man who makes a podcast about her search for her sister as he tries to track her down because she eventually also goes missing. Um, and it was a very interesting book. It's a devastating book. But it's also, it, it features many scenes of abuse. So if you are, if you are very sensitive to that, you should not read or listen to this book. But if you are open to it, I found it to be a very um, illuminating study almost in the genre of true crime podcasts. And it made me think a lot about the media that I consume and whether or not somebody's tragedy uh, is um, also my entertainment and like what are the ramifications of that and uh, it was just very provocative and um, I, I I would say I enjoyed the book it wasn't a pleasant story but the exercise of reading it I felt was very worthwhile and I found out that she was writing another book and this time it was about cults which I already have a interest in. So I was like, this lady is writing about a topic that I am interested in. I can't wait to read this book. And I literally could not wait for it. You know, Eric, we both work at the library. Mm -hmm. We can get books for free. We, we get we get first dibs, man. We get first we dibs. We do, but this book was not coming in fast enough for me. And so I actually purchased a copy on my Kindle, which Brett got me a Kindle a few years ago. And I've probably used it only a handful of times because I, up until this point, considered myself a purist when it came to physical books. <laughs> listen, everybody. It's okay. However you want to read a book is fine. If you want to listen to it, if you want to uh, read it on your e-reader, if you want to read it from the library, all of those things are valid. You can read a book any way you like. But I was a, I was previously a, a fan of physically turning pages. But I found the experience of reading the book on my Kindle, um, I found it to be satisfactory. And I was surprised by this because I don't know why, but I thought if I wasn't reading a physical book, I wouldn't feel the sense of accomplishment that I feel. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is interesting. <laughs> It sounds so stupid, but like when you're reading a book, you feel like, oh, wow. That it's not it's not that silly, though, because some people say the same thing about audiobooks, right? Like, you know, I right. definitely heard people make the argument like, oh, you only listened to it. You didn't read it. I was like, well, you know, still took 15 hours or whatever. Right, you know? right. Yeah. Audiobooks are real books. Graphic novels are real books. Any book you want to read, I'm not mm -hmm. judging you. Read, well, read whatever we, you want. We live in the zone. The the. Zone of, no judgment zone, zone of no, of no judgment. judgment. Thank yes. you. 
Mm-hmm. And um, anyways, I got to read this book, which is about, again, sisters. So that's a theme in her writing. And it's about two sisters. And one of them joins a cult. And um, the other one, uh, years later, tries to kind of find out what happened to her sister in the cult. She tries to reclaim her sister from the cult. And the, a very interesting thing happens in the story is that it switches perspectives and um, yeah so you get to find out why the sister joined the cult like what was so appealing to her what did they say to her uh what did she witness that caused her to make this decision in her life and then um and but then you kind of see the walls start to crack the 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 fantasy starts to diminish and she realizes perhaps the mistake that she's made meanwhile you have the sister who comes in as a skeptic and then she tries to open her mind to try and figure out try to like retrace her sister's steps and see what she experienced and they almost kind of like pass each other and it's uh, (laughs) i'm trying to visually for, show for audio listeners this is doing some kind of strange magic spell with their hands i i don't i don't really know but i mean i'm feeling something from the gesture it was um it was again an unpleasant story to read but i think of again an important book and a worthwhile book if you are um someone who has maybe thought about um a a cult and thought why would anyone Mm -hmm. fall for that why would they must be stupid they must be idiots they might you know what I mean like anyone who's ever passed judgment on someone who was in a cult I think it's a it would be interesting for you to read this book and see if you felt any differently afterwards is it Um, um fiction it's fiction and the 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 cult in the book is fictional um, the, uh, however, as someone who's consumed a lot of media about cults, it's very clear that she did a lot of research and, um, there are many aspects of the cult, uh, in the book, um, that, it, that, uh, mirror aspects of cults that have occurred in, in real life. And- Were you, um, consulted as <laughs> So no, funny. no, I'm I'm just an amateur yeah, okay. investigator. I mean, all joking cult. aside, you know more about cults. Like, like if I if someone was like, "Hey, I gotta," I'm I'm writing a paper on cults. <laughs> Do you know anything? And I'd be like, "I know someone you should talk to." I know someone and, who knows something. And, and it would be it would be you, is what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I just really enjoyed the story. Um, or I maybe not enjoyed, but I thought it was a breathtaking piece of literature. And also I just really enjoyed the experience of reading it on my Kindle e-reader, which I- What, what type of Kindle do you got? I just... got a paperweight and we're not, we're not sponsored by Kindle or anything, but I, I do enjoy it and, um, I was having difficulty with it because it wouldn't connect to my Wi-Fi for whatever reason. And, uh, but I found a way to make it work and I downloaded this book. And now I, and then like immediately after that, I downloaded another book and I'm reading another book on my Kindle. And now I might be an e-reader. 
The Which thing is, is I, new and exciting. I used to kind of think this because it's okay. Here's the deal. Like, I think as humans, we often fall in teams, right? Like, oh, an ebook came out. Oh, I would never do. How many times, Tess, or if we have any other librarians who listen, has someone come up to you and been like, oh, yeah. Oh, do you know we've got Overdrive? We've got that. No, I only read real books. <laughs> and they will put that on my headstone. Thank you very much. <laughs> Um, and I was the same way too. Um, but to me, it's, it's just pros and cons. Like, I, I think I still prefer a physical book, but if I'm on vacation, I'm probably taking my Kindle, you know? And, um, I like, for example, I have all like five, um, yeah, it's just five. It's so weird. Game of Thrones books on my, on my Kindle and I can carry that around and it lickety split as opposed to, what is that? 10 pounds worth of books? Yeah, I just have to say, you got you got confused because one Game of Thrones book is the size of like three or four <laughs> regular books. So. <laughs> uh, um, uh, real, um, I was actually thinking about cults the other day. And can really? I, I, well, because you were talking, I think about them sometimes because I think you probably know this, uh, that I often look at society and go, what is what is going on, right? You know, why, you know, what's happening here? And yeah. I often think about that if I, you know, bumped into the right person, that I could easily be convinced that like, uh, and to me, a cult is just a, a group of people that are outside of normal society that if for whatever reasons thinks this way is, is a better way for them, you know? Um, and I was thinking about this. Here's a question for you. I know we're, we're using cults and typically, uh, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's usually in a negative fashion, right? Like someone's been in a cult and they have to escape and maybe there's like a leader of sorts who knows all the answers and there's kind of bad things happening. But under the right leadership and policies, here's a question, could a cult be good? You know, it's a very interesting uh, question to ponder um, because... I, I've talked to you about this before. We've talked about spirituality and mm -hmm. um, you've shared with me some spiritual practices that you do that are untraditional. I, and for listeners, I can say this. I told my sister today, she was like, what? Um, I worship trees. <laughs> Which may seem to, to maybe someone who's not as open-minded, it may seem like a crazy idea. Um, and then I, but I, when you told me that, I honestly thought to myself, that's, it's no different to me than any other kind of spiritual practice that brings people comfort. And, um, and to me, in a way, I almost respect you more because you, you came to this conclusion on your own. Like no one was, no one was preaching to you about the trees you just saw the trees and realized how special they were. By the way, Eric, there is a plastic bag that is stuck in my tree and it's making me so upset. You're the only person I know who would like understand how upset it makes me to see this plastic bag. It's stuck too high in the tree. I can't pull it down. I, <laughs> by my library, there's a lot of decorative rose bushes uh -huh. and bags and garbage get stuck in them all the time. And I'm constantly pulling garbage out and constantly like catching my sleeves, like tearing out my sleeves and poking. And it's like, I, I hey, I get it, sister. Okay, <laughs> not to derail your thought. <laughs> I hate it. I hate that plastic bag. But anyway, 
<laughs> anyway, and so then my mind goes, all right, when Eric told me that, I I felt a profound respect for you for finding a spiritual practice that works for you that isn't even like, that didn't even come from anyone else. It just came from you and how you feel about the world. And I thought if more people could do that, that I feel like that would make the world a better place. And then I thought, uh oh, <laughs> because most of these cults start off mm-hmm. that way. They start off with a guy usually <laughs> saying, I think I've got the answer and I think you all should listen to me. And then it's typically what happens is once they get that attention, then they start to misuse it. They start to misuse, they start to abuse the power that they've been given by these people who caught onto their idea and liked it. Um, And these ideas are appealing and that is why people gravitate toward them. For instance, I got to tell you, Scientology, okay, this is how they get you in Scientology. They say, you're going to, okay, it sounds crazy, but you're going to be audited. We're going, you hold on to these e-meters and the e-meter is basically like a lie detector. Um, It's very similar technology. You hold on to it and they ask you about, say, you know, your childhood. And they say, how is, how was it growing up for you? And you say, oh, I didn't have a very good relationship with my dad. And then something ticks on that e-meter and they say, oh, tell me more about you and your dad. And so you talk about it and you talk about it and you talk about it. And then eventually when they say, tell me about your father, nothing ticks on the e-meter anymore. Do you know why? Because you dealt with it through therapy. It's therapy. It's basically therapy and now they're charging way too much money for it. Um, And they're also recording these sessions and they will hold them against you if you ever try to leave. So, but, but I can see how it gets people. Like I can, I can totally see how that would appeal to you because you did it and it worked. And now you can, you can talk about your father and to your father without these like feelings, but that's something that you can do on your own. People just, they didn't realize it. And so I do, I have immense sympathy for these people who are seeking, they're, they're, out, they're seeking. That's all they're doing. They're looking for the answers. And unfortunately, there are some people who are irresponsible and they tell them that they have the answers and really they're just, they're up to something. They want, they're gaining something. Um, but I, I watched a documentary <laughs> over the past fortnight i almost talked about it and i was like i can't talk about cults too much <laughs> and then you're like and then you're like oh wait a second <laughs> but if eric wants to talk about it i saw i watched this documentary on amazon it's free for anyone who has amazon prime that's it's me called, yeah if you want to watch it it's called the source family and it's about <laughs> i feel like actually eric you would find it very interesting it's about this guy who had a vegetarian restaurant uh-huh. and um a lot of like cool people, it was in the 1960s and a lot of cool people were coming to his restaurant and, um, and they, they loved it. And then he thought, well, what if I also had meditation classes at my vegetarian restaurant? Uh-huh. People were into it. People were into it. They were like, okay. And then, so this guy also, um, he uh, listened to a lot of Alan Watts lectures and he was like, you know what? I'm going to just tell people <laughs> this. 
And um, I'm going to say that it was that it was me. And I'm going to say that you should move into a house with me. And um, I have a wife, but I should probably have 12 more wives. Um, and oh, we should all start a band together and we should all change our names to Sunshine, Moonbeam, Mercury, Orbit. And um, is that the full name or is that all of our <laughs> different names? <laughs> There's different names okay. of people who are in the source family. Okay. Um, and like, it's not good. It's not good that this guy was claiming to be God and he was, but also watching the documentary, they weren't really doing anything nefarious. They were doing a lot of meditation, a lot of vegetable eating, a lot of uh, eating of fruit and other, um, they, um, they, uh, they were all making love to each other. They were uh, jamming. They they made they they made like sixty five records together. And at the end of the day, I just it wasn't super destructive. And so, to answer your question, I would maybe watch that documentary and see how you feel about like can there be a good cult? Like because <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, it wasn't good that this guy was lying to these people but uh other than that the people who were in it seem to be having a really good time so (laughs) you probably know this already but i kind of feel like the word cult has pretty negative connotations right it does is there another and there might be a word already that exists for a cult that is good and if not what would that word be i don't know man um i mean perhaps a church (laughs) I know. I, I think we're dancing around it. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, and that's kind of been my thing is that I'm always like, if someone's saying they have the answer, and this is nothing against everyone can find their own path spiritually. So this is nothing against any type of religion, but this is just me personally. I always think that if anyone's saying like, I've got the answer, I'm always a little wary of where that's coming from, right? Like who wrote those words and where is this answer coming from? And I, I think that's why it took me a long time to find uh, my own way of doing things. Cause I know I came up, it's me, it's a me thing, you know? Yeah. And believe me, sister, I've searched local tree worshipers, Northern Virginia. Uh, I'm not finding any, it's crazy. I can't, there are so many, t- real quick. There are so many trees out there. That I can't be the only one. <laughs> uh, I like hearing you talk about cults. It makes me think of, and I know, you know, you're gonna like roll your eyes when I say this, but maybe when we're done St. Peaks, y'all, we do a cult cast. Oh, I'd be into that. Yeah, cause you would be, <laughs> we'll figure out the details, but like, you'll be like the resident expert. And we always, we talk about different cults and I'll be like the new guy figuring it out. You'll be the, yeah. um, you'll be the Peabody and I'll be the Sherman. Nice, nice. Yeah. Not a bad idea. So anyways, <laughs> the project by Courtney Summers and to lesser extent, the documentary, The Source Family, was the stuff I was loving this past fortnight. <laughs> Phenomenal. That was a very thorough answer. I very <laughs> much enjoyed that. Um, what would you say if for the third episode in a row, I had a video game I was going to say? I would, I would be so excited to hear about this video game. Mm, that doesn't sound authentic at all. No, That's okay. I am. I am. I want to hear about it. But, but I got a twist. I got a twist okay. to this video game that Ooh, you were going to okay. like. Okay. Real quick, the game itself, it is called, um, oh shoot, I didn't write down the name of the 
the the studio. That's okay. It's called uh, Children of Morta, M O R T A. It's a. Uh, this might not make any sense to you, but if there's any gamers out there, you'll get it. It's a rogue light with strong narrative uh, and RPG elements. And the the rough um, premise is that you're a family. Think of it like a little house on the prairie, like out in the middle of nowhere. But you also happen to fight monsters, and you play as different members of the family the dad and his his older or his his daughter linda and his younger son kevin and his daughter uh, lucy and you fight monsters phenomenal game i'm uh, it's my most recent i don't want to use the word obsession because sometimes people use it a lot but it's the game I'm, I'm playing all the time when i've got a few extra minutes it is this... um, real quick the developer is dead mage Thank you so much. I'm playing it on the Nintendo Switch, but I know it's also on Steam. Like if you're playing on PC and it might be on other things too. This is what turns it into a stuff that I'm loving. I'm playing this game and I've unlocked seven characters, six in the Bergson family and a seventh character who just joined as, it was actually free DLC because the company was so um, uh, appreciative of people buying and supporting their game that they just gave an extra character complete with stories and all that. But there is extra, are you, you're familiar with the phrase DLC? Downloadable? Mm. Okay. Downloadable content. There is extra downloadable content that you could buy for $3.19. And what this is, it's called the Pause and Claws expansion. And uh, what it does is it adds an extra room onto your house where animals can come and live in the house. And there are storylines tied with the animals and they can come and uh, they show up and like in the game, as you upgrade your characters, they help each other out. So like if you boost your dad up, even if you're not playing as the dad, he might show up and, and help you out. So the animals do the same thing, but here's the deal. 100% of the proceeds go to the internet, the Humane Society International Charity, $3 and 19 cents, 100%. And that's a big deal. Cause you know, people are usually like 10%, 20%. Uh, but I mean, they created, I, I wrote some of these down. Oh, I didn't write all of them down. But basically they added like, I don't know exactly, five or six different animals complete with different storylines and all this. You know, they didn't have to do that. And they did it only to support the Humane Society International Charity. How sweet is that, right? I love that. Yeah. And their uh, like announcement video for it shows like a lot of the uh, developers like with their dogs and their houses and you see them and they talk about it. And I think they're, I don't know if they're Swedish or something. There's like a very cute accent going on and they're talking about how much they love the dogs. And anyway, um, Children of Morta, specifically the Paws and Claws um, expansion for $3.19 is a stuff I'm loving. Super cute, right? Are you looking it up? I was, I was going to try to find out where Dead Mage are located. <sighs> I could be. It's you said, you said that they have a cute accent. They did. It was Dead Mage, and I think if that's their developer, and then I think the the um there's another one, Eleven Bit Studios, is somehow involved too. So I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think that is very special. Uh -huh. I think that's nice yeah. that they See? give hundred percent of the money to the animals. I know, right? They didn't need I, to do that. You know? I love games where you have animal companions, like um, RPGs where like little foxes and owls and stuff follow you around. And um, Brett 
played uh, Far Cry 5, which is a game about a cult, by the way. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> You've got a dog in that game, don't you? You have a dog named Boomer. Um, you can also recruit, get this, a bear named, <laughs> named Cheeseburger. <laughs> he was my favorite character. And I would always be like, Brett, will you... Will you have Cheeseburger help you on this mission so that I could see little Cheeseburger running around? If if you like Animal Companions, boy, do I have a game for you. Yeah? It's the ultimate Animal Companion game. Is it Animal Crossing? Oh, that's (laughs) actually... playing that. No, that's a really good guess. I was going to say Pokemon because they're all animals, but... um... I love... Oh, my gosh. See, like, you know the movie Detective Pikachu? Yep. I've probably watched that movie like a good like 27 times. Like I love that movie. So. It's a it's a perfect example of it could have easily been like here's some Pokemon. I know you're going to come and give us your money, but instead it's like a really heartfelt story and not well I don't think this is a spoiler, but it's a story about how sometimes it's easier to talk to someone you love in this case a parent if you don't know it's them <laughs> right yeah. if you take if well, you that's, take that's a spoiler for the movie oh but... is it oh shoot <laughs> <laughs> that's okay that movie came out many years ago you know what you know what the dad could be anyone in that movie <laughs> <laughs> also um the golden compass series yes um, yeah, where like your animal companion is actually like a part of your soul. I was always really fascinated by that idea. Let like, me ask you, let me ask you this, Tess, and we're just like workshopping on the cast right now. <laughs> yeah. Remember how back when we had Pop Goes the Library and we had like topics? Yeah. You know, and now we always have stuff we love. So we never should we go back to like a topic every once in a while? So that way we can spend like a whole episode talking about cults or animal like we could do our favorite animal companions right that sounds rad it's fun actually i like that we'll we'll, we'll discuss it later because maybe we can alternate or go down to like one love and a topic or something i don't know you know i think that's a good idea i just like talking with you uh what's your next stuff that you're loving miss tess oh eric um can you believe that i'm about to tell you about a youtube channel <laughs> i thought you're gonna say another cult <laughs> so um uh eric as you pointed out earlier another thing that people always say about me is how much i love dogs Uh and um i found this youtube channel called shoe and tree and shoe is spelled s-h-u and tree t-r-e-e and it the channel I don't know much about the background of this channel because the person who runs this channel is from an Asian country. And I don't actually even know which country it is. I think it's Japan, possibly Korea, but it's unimportant because the whole channel is just videos of dogs being groomed, which might not sound appealing. That sounds great, actually. I find it so comforting every video begins with the dog before it's been groomed so you see they're all like cute little dogs um and so you'll see them with their their hair is all askew and they've got their nails are too long they're happy dogs they're running around there but they don't know that they they don't look as cute as they could look after they've been groomed and then this person who does these videos grooms them and she starts by giving them a bath and then she gives and she always gives them a massage 
while they're being bathed and they always look so relaxed it's so cute like they're laying there like with their their eyes closed and the water's going over them and she's rubbing their ears it's so cute and then she gets them on the table and she blows she blow dries their hair and so they're like like getting blow dried and then she has all of these special scissors. I had no idea so many scissors existed. <laughs> dog here. So she, she has these one pair of scissors that are a curve and she uses them especially to cut around their paws. So they have little hair on their paws and she cuts like around to make the hair on their paws real nice and manageable so it doesn't get all dirty. And um, she just gives these dogs makeovers and when, then you see them at the end and they're they're looking so cute and clean and they're just kind of running around. Some of the dogs are like, they're like a new dog because they've got like, they probably lost like a pound of fur. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I and, the, and behind all of this, there's always some kind of like upbeat kind of jazzy music playing in the background. So there's nobody talking it's just these really cute dogs getting haircuts and I don't know why but I love this channel (laughs) and it just makes me feel it's so wholesome and pure just to see the little dogs get their haircuts and you can tell this person who who takes these videos and who grooms these dogs really cares about them and wants them to like feel comfortable and some of the dogs are nervous and they're like shaking, but by the end of the video, they're just, they're all like relaxed. Well, they're probably like more comfortable too, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, Cause some of them get the fur like stuck in between their paws. Mm-hmm. And so she, and always the ears. I have no idea how dogs can grow so much hair on their ears, but she's always like cutting, like this will be like the dog's ear and she'll like cut like right here. And you're like, oh my God, but no, that's where the dog's actual ear is. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. She's anyway, somewhere out back. She's got like a, just a bucket filled with dog ears. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, anyway, the Shoe and Tree YouTube channel is uh, stuff I've been loving. And we'll put a link to that in the show notes. Um, you can go to our website, www.sameteamyall.com and you can see show notes for every episode we put out we try to make a list of the things that we talked about and uh, we've been trying to do that so go ahead and check it out (laughs) go go on check it out guys um the last my next stuff that i'm loving my last one is um have you heard of a show called brooklyn 99 I have heard of that show. Okay, so this stuff that I'm loving is specifically... So, real quick, Brooklyn Nine-Nine follows a police department. Uh, What, the 99th District of Brooklyn? Or I don't know how police stuff works. And um, what's the name of that main actor who's in that movie? Oh, Andy Sandberg? Andy Sandberg plays Jake Peralta. And the, the specific episode I'm talking about is called He Said, She Said. It's season six, episode eight. Are you familiar with this, Tess? Okay, so um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is a comedy, but at times they try to tackle um, serious issues. Um, they had one issue where um, Sergeant uh, Terry, who is played by Terry Crews, is kind of like uh, wrongfully um, treated by other police officers just based on the color of his skin. They have a serious conversation about that. Uh, an, another episode where Rosa um, comes out that she's bi and they kind of treat that seriously as well. And in this one, it involves the main case because there's usually like jokes and then there's a case 
and they're kind of solving the case. And this one involves a um, uh, in an what is it a what's the name of the thing? What's a Wall Street office called? <laughs> a a stock office. Stock exchange. Stock exchange office. We that doesn't sound right. Stock stonks. <laughs> Wait, say that again. What is it? <laughs> Anyway, it involves someone in an office um, attempting to sexually assault a woman and she fights him off and she said this happened and he said this did not happen and it involves the repercussions of that. And and I'm not so far under a rock that I do know that this happens in real life sometimes. Well, the specific moment I'm thinking of, there's a moment where two characters, Amy and Rosa, are discussing uh, the situation and they're discussing whether or not the the sus or not the suspect their their client the the witness the woman the woman in the situation if she should take this money from her um, uh, employer to not press charges or not and they are having an argument over um, whether or not it's worth even going through the battle to um, bring this man to, to 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 bring him before a court um, if. It's just her word versus his. And the moment that I really, that this is so, it's so funny because it's just a comedy, but it really got to me because Amy and Rosa, two women are having this conversation and Jake Peralta played by Andy Sandberg is in the room. So he's the man in the situation. I, I thought this was so great. And I, I've, I've got, I printed out a little script oh, here. Wow. I know I'm not going to read the whole thing because it wouldn't really make sense, but essentially Amy and Rosa are talking and just picture them having an argument and Jake is caught in the middle. And Jake says, at one point he goes, amen. And then he goes, I feel like maybe I shouldn't be here. And then he says, or should I be here because men should be a part of the conversation? And then he says, I've landed on active listening. I will no longer be chiming in. And it's played up as like, as a humor, like it's a joke. But like this moment was so special to me because I like to like, I mean, at the end of the day, maybe, you know, I'm not going to political rallies or anything, but if you boil down a feminist to someone who believes that women should get equal rights and frankly, that they could do everything a man could do and much better. And frankly, in my experience, move over men, you've had like thousands of years. <laughs> I know I'm biased, but I mean, I, I often catch myself in the same situation, right? Like this is happening in the news or I'm talking to a coworker what is my place in this, right? What is my place? Am I giving my opinion? I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of men's opinions already. Is this even the place I give my voice or do I just sit back and listen? How do I support in this? How do, how do I help in this situation without, without worsening it, right? Or without making it a me thing, right? As the man in the situation. Because I've definitely been told, this was a long time ago, but I was definitely told by someone um, and our good friend Amy knows this because I've talked to her before. I've been told by someone that um, uh, uh, women's rights is none of my business and my opinion does not matter when it comes to that, which I know I see your face, which is, hey, that's fine at the, their perspective, but I, I would argue that nothing will get done unless we're all working together, right? You know, if you just make it like just women on one side and men on another, that's another form of teams right you know so anyway um this episode was a stuff i'm loving just because it perfectly illustrated the conflict i often feel with these somewhat sensitive situations so i think it's interesting that um you you chose that because i was recently talking with a coworker about feminism and um i was saying how uh, she is looking to start a feminist cross-stitching group 
Mm -hmm. and um in which they her and other women or other feminists i feel like men can join the group too can uh but they will be cross-stitching like feminist sayings and images and that's um, a great idea it, it is a great idea and she was kind of running it by me she's like do you think people will be interested and i said well cross-stitching like people are really into needlework especially with the quarantine a lot of people have taken up you know crafty hobbies like that and uh, I said that the unfortunate thing is I feel like a lot of people have a negative connotation with the word feminist and they don't, like you said, it all boils down to, do you think that women should be treated the same as men? And I feel like, honestly, I feel like most people would say, yeah, I do think that. And, but, but I'm not a feminist. Yeah. I'm like, but, but, but brother, you are a feminist and it's, uh, it's okay. And I said, we need to like take back the word feminist. And as we were chatting, I said, you know, who would love this program? <gasps> the biggest feminist I know, Eric would love, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Eric was here. He would like want to be part of this program. <laughs> Wait a second. Wait a second. First of all, I am like super flattered. I don't think that's not true. Am I the biggest feminist, you know? Because I, I don't know if you noticed, I was hesitant because here's the deal. I've gotten some um, opposition to like, oh, you're a man. You need to like earn that word. And I was kind of, remember, I was like, I consider myself. I hope I don't offend anyone. Um, so I, I think that's really sweet that you say I that. I feel, honestly, Eric, I feel like you might border into like... <laughs> Maybe like because like maybe women shouldn't be equal to men. Women should be above men telling us what to do because <laughs> maybe maybe I mean I do have my moments where I look at the news, I see a lot of things wrong, and then I see a lot of guys in charge. <laughs> I just think like, um, and I think my coworker was like, "Why why do you think Eric is is so into feminism?" And I was like, "I don't I don't know except that." I think he's got a really great relationship with his wife and his mother and his daughter. It's all these women in yeah. his life. And I was like, if that's who you have the most positive interactions with, I could definitely see how you would start thinking maybe the world would be better off with more women in charge of decision-making. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to go to bed smiling. Good. To the thought that you told someone I'm the biggest feminist, you know, that makes me feel so good. <laughs> Eric, uh, should we get into the cake challenge? <laughs> I know, wait. Can you hear this? Cake challenge. Okay, cake challenge is the segment where one of us issues a cake challenge to the other one uh, where we have to watch, read, or otherwise consume something of their choosing. And I think I figured this out the other day why we called it cake challenge. Because if you didn't do the challenge, you had to bring cake in to the other person. Um, we are, uh, this is via Zoom. So it's an imaginary cake. Gotcha. Um, but you have a question for me. The question is Did you watch the thing that I told you to watch? You did. And the thing you told me to watch was on Netflix, a TV show called The Cabin, episode two, Tough Love. I did. Okay. So what were your thoughts? Do you have a bulleted list for me? <laughs> I know, I know. These are my, so real quick, I, and I'm going to be real bad because I'm going to not remember anyone's name. Well, here, let me give you, yeah. let me give the the, the listeners uh, just like a, a summary and that might help you remember everybody's names. 
Okay, mm-hmm. so The Cabin is a television show on Netflix. It it stars a comedian named Bert Kreischer. And Bert is kind of a mess. And he's kind of known for being a mess. Like that's part of his comedy is he he does he, he tells these stories about how he like doesn't know how to be a dad or a husband or or a comedian and um and so he's done this show where the conceit of the show is that he's going up to a cabin to like meditate and eat green and like become a better person um and uh he can't do it by himself he invites his friends to come and experience the cabin with him and the particular episode that i suggested to you or challenged you to watch is that the friends that he invites are a a comedian named nikki gleaser and a uh very famous person (laughs) named caitlin jenner (laughs) who happens to be a transgender person who used to be um, an athlete. And that's the setup. Kylie Jenner. No, (laughs) Caitlyn Jenner. (laughs) God, I am so bad at this. Okay. There is a Kylie Jenner. Kylie Jenner is uh, the daughter. Of Caitlyn Jenner. Right. Okay, thank you. <laughs> if that's if that's that's proof that I'm not making it up, that I don't know who these people are. Um, okay, so I did watch it. I, I have three bullet points. Okay. Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah. Okay. Number one, Caitlyn Jenner is very funny. So I start watching the show, and at, I got to tell you right now, so I'm sitting in bed. It's the end of the day. And, you know, sometimes cake challenges start and it's like, I don't know if I feel like this, but I'm going to do it. And I'm, I'm keeping an open mind and maybe I'll love it. And I will tell you, uh, listeners, if you watch this episode, it does start with, is his name Bert? Yeah. Um, waxing his, his B-hole. <laughs> <laughs> which, of course, stands for bagel hole, which is where the bagels come out when you're done eating them. Um, so at first I was like, I don't know if I'm into this. This is a little weird. Um, but then his friends kind of show up because there's um, and Caitlyn Jenner shows up and Caitlyn tells it like it is and has this very dry personality. And there's like been a few times where Caitlyn's like, no, I hate you, but I like her. She's great. I I think she's top notch. Um, my second point. Um, okay. So I think the whole reason you had me watch this is when Caitlyn has the conversation where she sits Bert and blonde comedian Nikki <laughs> Nikki sits him down and goes, I'm going to ask you a question no one's ever asked you before. Am I on the right track? And Caitlin, uh-huh. Caitlin says, When did you know you were a boy or a girl? And then both Bert and Nikki respond by mentioning when they first noticed they were attracted to the opposite sex. And Caitlin corrects them and says, well, you're both incorrect because sexuality has nothing to do with it. It's about gender. And so I like that it kind of, because I think it was on our last episode or we've discussed this before about talking about looking at what are like the social constructs, right? Like that, that we're told this is how the world is and this is what it is. And Caitlin is looking at or telling them to look at even what you're told you are, right? A, a boy, a girl as a social construct. Um, and I thought there was a really interesting conversation that came out of that. And then my last point was when Caitlin talked to Bert's dad 
Am I on? A, I don't even know what you want me to get out of this because I keep looking at your face and I was like, am I on the right track? And then Bert's dad talks to Caitlin knowing because Bert's dad knew Caitlin when their name was Bruce during the Olympics as a track and field person. And um, athlete, I think. And then Bert says, Bert gets very emotional and says, I've never heard my dad talk to anyone before. And like Bert's dad calls Caitlin, you're a hero. You're a hero. Which to me, it felt like he was saying that much. You know what I mean? It felt almost like Bert's dad was just talking to someone. Like I felt like I bumped into something. You know, you're a hero. Because here's the deal. If you compare what Bert's dad says to me, like I'm constantly like, Freya, you're the most beautiful. You know what I mean? Strangers on the street. I love you. You're, but you should be. I, this is a thing I say all the time at work. All the time. I'd be like, uh, like someone made a display at the library of two different penguins and you got to spot the difference right and i told my friend andrea i said andrea you did a great job you should be really proud of yourself <laughs> you know? and this is a thing i constantly do um but bert's dad that is not a normal part of his personality and talking to bruce like got bert very emotional seeing her yeah dad like that. um so the thing that really yeah. the thing that really I found so striking about this episode is that phone call that um, that Caitlin has with Bert's dad. And the reason I found it so striking is um, I actually watched all of the episodes of The Cabin. So Bert, Bert is on a podcast. I think I've told you about this podcast, Eric. It's called Two Bears, One Cave. Yes, you and have. It's, um, it's Bert and another comedian, Tom Segura, and they... Um, and it's a comedy podcast and um it's not really the most highbrow of humor like if you know if uh if you're looking for real sophisticated comedy that that's probably not it but but oh my gosh is it funny and some people don't like Bert they think that he is kind of like laughing at his own jokes a little too loud um, or they think he's annoying. Um, but I just think that he's really funny. And so I was really excited for the cabin. I was like, oh, Bert's going to shine in this new show. And I have to say, I didn't really like a lot of the cabin. <laughs> like, it was okay. Um, I think it suffers from um, being, a lot of the moments are staged and um well even the episode i watched it was like hey uh caitlin and nikki are over let's do some uh bow and arrow shooting <laughs> <laughs> or hey my friend what was her name fortune or something came over we need to bake a cake for the big i was like what is going on around here do you need to bake a cake right like, i thought you lived in a cabin <laughs> all of these moments are kind of staged and so i felt like oh it doesn't feel like in a very authentic I don't feel like they're having like authentic moments. And there are actually times where Bert, I think purposely tries to be profound in the show. Like there's an episode where he invites um, uh, a white actress and a black um, comedian uh, to the cabin and they have a conversation about race. And in my opinion, it it's very awkward and, um, how uh, could that be awkward, Tess? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> that there's like a, a way to have like a, a conversation about it that's not as uncomfortable as it is on the show. And so I think like Bert sometimes like shoots for these profound moments and kind of does it and kind of comes up short. But I felt like 
um, by inviting Caitlyn Jenner on his show, I think he was kind of setting up to have a profound moment. Like we're going to talk about gender and it's going to be eye-opening. But I think the real profound moment comes from that phone call that he has with his dad because at the end of the phone call, Bert gets a little teary-eyed, like genuinely. And he says, I've never heard my dad talk like that before. Like he's never called me a hero. And and then Nikki is trying to comfort Bert. And she says, but think about it this way. You became a comedian. And maybe that's not what your dad wanted for you. Maybe your dad wanted you to be an athlete like Bruce Jenner. You became a comedian instead. But because of your success, you have a show on Netflix and you get to invite one of his favorite athletes to have a conversation with him. That was you. You got to do that for your dad. So don't feel bad about it. Don't yeah. feel like, and I just thought that was like a real moment. And I just wanted you to witness that. And I'm glad that you picked up on it. <laughs> you know what it made me think of? And like, once again, like this is the the no judgment zone of no judging. But like, it, my first thought was like, Bert's dad, maybe you can tell Bert that he's your hero maybe the things that came so easily to you to say to this you know this athlete that doesn't know you from anyone maybe you could say to your son you know and i mean and i know everyone has different ways of communicating but i mean how much did that mean to bert you know how much yeah. would bert have loved to have heard hey son you're my hero i'm proud of you you know, and maybe one day they can have that conversation. I know uh, families can be weird, and I yeah, I I've, know I've witnessed actually a lot of weird father and son relationships, and so um, uh, uh, I don't know, but I I also I liked what you also you pointed out, like their conversation about gender, and and also how Caitlin is just kind of a cool person Caitlin like I, is a cool no bs person you I, know i think i liked because i would say caitlin jenner is probably the most famous transgender person like if if anyone knows anything about like the transgender experience like and they don't like actually know somebody who's transgender they at least know who caitlin jenner is and that might be their basis of like understanding that experience and um and uh she's just a normal person like mm. i <laughs> like she's just a person living her life and um obviously she's a really famous person and she has access to a lot of money so that's not normal but the <gasps> the experience that she's having isn't i don't when you're watching it it's not it's not like unusual. It's almost like not even a thing. It's kind of mm -hmm. like it's. This is just a person, and a she's not good at axe throwing. But that's not who is you know. <laughs> when I was a kid, it wasn't often that you saw two guys or two people of the same gender kissing on TV, right? Not too often. Like maybe there'll be like a special or something, you know, where it happens. Mm -hmm. And the first two guys I ever saw kiss, like in person, was my dad and his partner. And I remember at the time being like, this is, this feels weird, but I'm not going to look away because I'm always, my, my MO is I'm always considered, I don't want to hurt my dad's feelings, right? So I'm like, this looks really weird. But now I'll tell you right now, like now it's becoming, like the more you are exposed to different experiences, the more they don't seem weird because they only seem weird because you've never experienced it before right well, and and 
Bert kind of talks about that too because he he mentioned something about how he tells his daughters he has two teenage daughters mm-hmm. and he tells them like I'm going to be talking to Caitlyn Jenner today and they said who's that yeah and he then he thought oh gosh this is weird I have to explain like well um there's this older lady that um in the 70s won the men's triathlon and um <laughs> the girls were like oh, whatever, dad, that's like, you know, and he was thinking, he was thinking they would be like, what? But they, they just moved right past it. That's exactly right. He says something like, he's like, one day, (laughs) one day there's going to be a lot of old ladies that used to be triathletes. (laughs) And I was like, it's true. Like the world is changing. And I thought that was kind of just like a cool little like authentic moment within this like it's buried in this tv show that's trying to be funny that starts with wax and his butt and all that the i would say it's also it sheds light on why it's so important for representation you know it because it is the more you see something and the more examples of something whether it's a person of a specific race or or gender or even a disability the less it becomes like this oh you know, like the the first person I ever knew that wore hearing aids was my daughter, you know? And it was like a, a, a weird thing. I'm putting hearing aids into this baby's ears and I need to clean it. And sometimes it makes feedback and I don't know. And we go to MSD and everyone's deaf and, you know, they're signing. And, you know, sometimes if you're, if you're deaf and you're vocalizing, but you can't hear yourself, you might make noises that people think is weird. And then over time, I don't even bat an eye, you know? And that's why I think this stuff is, even though The Cabin's like this weird, lowbrow, weird show um, about like dirty jokes and Bert, his wife seems really sweet. Um, but like, I feel like even in this venue, like just representation in in, in that way is like really important, you know? Cause it was just, it's Bert and, and Nikki and Caitlin sitting around a fire, right? Shooting the breeze, it's fine you know so well i'm glad that you dug it for i did <laughs> I, i'll tell you right now i started and i was like what is going on well because i i realized our so our cake challenge is just supposed to be like we're so we can have a conversation about these things right and not necessarily like eric you have to like it test but i realized it's almost become like a like a psychological game of like okay are they gonna get the thing that i <laughs> Thank you. Because I'm watching it. I was like, okay. And I'm looking for it because you start off, if it's a cake challenge, you've started looking for a lesson or something, right? Like, what is it that she wants me to see? Yeah. Okay. Are you ready to receive a challenge? I'm ready. Okay. This one's a real easy one. Okay. It is if you go to YouTube and uh, I'll probably, you could probably find the link and put it in the show notes, but it is, um, the YouTube video is called Ocean, uh, John Butler, and it's the 2012 studio version. I think if you search those words, you should find it. The clip is 12 minutes and four seconds long. Um, and I will just tell you, have you heard of John Butler? Uh-uh. Uh, our good friend Josie turned me on to him. I've only heard one song of his and it's this. Um, the clip is John Butler playing a guitar and uh, there's no vocals. He's playing the guitar and the song is called Ocean. Um, listeners, if you would like to participate in the cake challenge, um, the link should be down in our show notes. You should be able to find it. But once again, if you just YouTube ocean, John Butler, 2012 studio version, you should be able to find the clip. It is 12 minutes and four seconds long. And if you consume that, then you get to eat an imaginary cake in a (laughs) fortnight. So if you end up 
watching this thing, we would love to know what you think of it. And uh, send us your thoughts via email at uh, sameteamyaw at gmail.com. I did it. Eric, you have a look about you (laughs) as if perhaps you've learned a life lesson lately. Did you learn a life lesson this week? I did. That's great. Let's talk about it. Okay. <laughs> what is with the elbow? <laughs> I was thinking the other day, I was like, you know what? Not enough dance moves feature elbows. You know, I... <laughs> I, I love um, when you're a children's librarian, you get to witness lots of different dancing styles, um, uh, particularly amongst the staff that do story time. And um, I remember one time, do you remember Miss Cassie, who used to do story time with us? Cassie? Miss Cassie. Did Cassie used to work at my library, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course I do. Yeah, I remember her. She's the best. One time I was doing story time with her and Cassie had kind of a no-nonsense personality. <laughs> yep. And I'm very serious. And um, she came to story time and she she seemed very serious, but then it was time to do a bee dance. We had to dance like bees. Oh, not to be had... confused with the bee hole that Bert was trying to wax. <laughs> no, no, bees that make honey. Ah, okay, different type of bee. And she did the best bee dance. Like she was like she was very like straight laced and serious, and then she busted out with like like this like awesome bee dance. And Miss Catherine did the best duck dance. She had a really great like duck dance that she would do. Um, I feel like almost every story time person has like a uh, a dance that they've perfected. And yours, I guess, is the elbow dance. I so- thought about it. It's probably because if you're watching on YouTube, I just have this box. So like, I can't do any fancy. I can't do any fancy. Yeah, it's it's all elbows. It's elbows to the left, to the right, elbows here, elbows out. Um, I miss Cassie. I think she lives in, is it Washington now? Do you know? I don't know. I Somewhere on the West Coast. I, I yeah. Just, right. I know I was her reference for her I, job. <laughs> was living in California, but I'm probably wrong. California, Maryland? No, California, the state. Ah, okay. Um. <laughs> my life lesson. So just a real quick setup is that um, lately I've been spending a lot of time thinking about um, uh, things that I do without. So there's a lot of things that we do as humans without realizing it. Right. And one thing I would often do is I'm at work and I'm talking, right. We're trying to get work done and I'm talking and nothing against talking, but sometimes I was just talking to fill the noise, right. Or fill the silence. Like I'm feeling it with noise about, uh, just random nonsensical things. And lately I've been thinking a lot about, um, when I'm at work, maybe I could just work. (laughs) And when I'm walking, maybe I could just walk, you know? And when I'm doing the dishes, maybe I can just do the dishes. Uh, This is like a theme we've talked about before, like doing one thing at a time. Uh, But I've had a moment, and I know this is gonna sound hypocritical because we are in a podcast where we've been talking for, we had an hour and a half now. Do you know? I don't know. A lot of talking is often very self-indulgent as in conversations often go like this. 
two people walk in and one person goes, me, 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 my opinion, my opinion, me, 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 what's happening to me. And the next person goes, well, me and my opinion about the thing you just said. So me, me, me. And then another person walks in, well, go, oh, well, that makes me think of this thing that happened to me about me, me, me. And here are my opinions about your two things. Me, 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 me. Nothing against that type of thinking and that type of talking, but I've just been taking some time. And when I'm at work, the thing that I'm saying to someone, one, does it serve a purpose? And like, I'm at work, am I asking someone if they need help? Or am I asking my boss, like, by the way, did you know this has happened? Does it serve a specific purpose? Uh, is it making someone else feel better or lifting them up in some way? Am I saying something, a positive encouragement? Or am I actually having a meaningful conversation? Did I ask a question? How was your weekend? I listened to their answer. That is great. They say, how was your weekend? This is how conversations sometimes go. Or am I just filling the noise or am I filling the silence with just random bits of noise? And as I, I'll tell you right now, Tess, you probably know this. Uh, I tend to be, historically speaking, a person who makes a lot of jokes and jokes are fine. They make people laugh, but sometimes everything is a joke. I cannot say here, I have got a cart and I'm putting it in the back. I cannot do that without making a joke. Maybe it's funny, maybe it's not, but it's constantly happening. And lately I've been thinking a lot about maybe I could just put the cart down and then walk away. It's incredible, isn't it? Or someone can say, hey, Eric, how was your weekend? And I can say it was great. Thank you for asking. <laughs> so I don't know if this is a very Eric specific lesson, but often for me, talking is very self-indulgent. And maybe if we take a moment thinking about what we're actually saying to one another, as opposed to just saying exactly the, the only thing we're saying is our opinions on things, uh, maybe we would have a little bit better relationship with the uh, people around us. And uh, maybe also um, have a moment to actually exist without constantly filling every, every thought with things we should be saying at this moment. I, I think that that's a worthwhile experiment that you're doing. Um, I, I, I'm kind of surprised because I feel like I usually have meaningful conversations with you, Eric. And I feel like um, I've actually been uh, in conversations with you before where it looked like you were going to say something and then you didn't say it. And then I said, what were you going to say? And then you said, it's not important. And then I was like, oh man. What was I gonna say? It's not important. Doesn't matter, it wasn't. Oh, oh. And the fact that you could have that moment where you realize whatever I was about to say what isn't really that important, I thought was like, <laughs> I was like guru levels of like self-awareness. Cause I was like, I think you're right. I think in a lot of conversations, it's like people don't really listen as much as they wait for their turn um, to say whatever it is they were thinking about. And, um, uh, but I, I never really got that vibe from you before, but I guess we're always evolving, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, once, once again, and then you're just going to be levitating and I'm going to be I, like, what happened? <laughs> I'm like, I'd be like, well, my friend Tess said I was the biggest feminist she knew. And then she also said I was also very self-aware of what I was saying. I'm a very good active listener. And then I just became one with the trees. Goodbye, everyone. <sighs> yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, I mean, but I, I, I am very acutely aware of like, I don't know, 
myself and maybe it's not so much me, but also just like people, you know, like I've definitely had conversations where, and no, once again, there's nothing wrong with sharing your opinions, but I, I think that we <laughs> as humans are more than just our opinions of things. Right. And like, here's the deal. This is, this is a great example of, Oh man, how was your weekend, Eric? Oh, it was great. I watched this movie. Next person. I bet they're going to tell me what they thought of that movie. <laughs> man, that movie sucks. Thank you. Or that movie was great, which don't get me wrong. Like it's one of those things. Like if I thought it was great and then they said that movie is great. Now we're talking about it, but it's like one of those things that like, okay, let's flip it around. Let's say I thought it was great. I thought it sucked. What is the purpose of that? Right. Is it to convince me that it was bad? Is it just to tell me that you thought it was bad? Or often I would say something like, oh, this was great. Well, you know, it had a bad score, Rotten Tomato. Okay, so is that just to tell me that a lot of people thought it was bad? You know, it's just like, I don't know. It's it's just an interesting world we live in. And like the more I become one with the trees, the more I become aware of like the 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 like the funny things that humans do that from like up high, we're just like in these little anthills and we don't realize it, you know, just following these little, these little pheromone trails that tell us what to do. And then if you take one second and you take a step back, you can be like, why do I even do that? Why is that a thing that exists? But it's like, it's almost impossible to do. I have a friend, Miranda, that I work with and she's great. We hit it off and she lets me go off the deep end with my conversations and she'll roll with me, which is great. And, but she's interested in meditating. And uh, sometimes I'll sit on a bench out under a tree and I'm, I'll just sit there and close my eyes. Not that weird. I'm not, I'm not like chanting or doing ha- anything else that people will think is weird. And I was like, you ever want to just sit out there and meditate? Cause we do it sometimes when she asked if she'll meditate, if I could meditate with her and we were in a closed room. And I was like, yeah, you ever think of doing that? Oh, I could never, I'll be too embarrassed. And I was like, just sitting with your eyes closed is too embarrassing you know, and nothing against her. Don't get me wrong. When I sit there and someone walks by, I have to fight the urge not to open my eyes and be like, oh, I'm looking at a tree or I'm trying. Oh, here we go. Even looking at a tree is kind of weird. I should be checking my phone, right? If I'm sitting down and I've got a free moment, if he doesn't have his phone out, he's just look, someone asked me once, what are you doing out there? I said, I'm looking at a tree, (laughs) right? Why is that so weird? Unfortunately, that is unusual. I remember, I remember one time you and I were at a, uh, we were at a cultural showcase together. Oh, yes. And um, I remember one time you, uh, we were, it was a, it was a break. Uh, so they were, we were seeing these different um, performers and then there was a break. And so I went to use the restroom and when I came out, I thought, where's my friend, Eric? I want to see my friend, Eric. And I looked, um, I looked around and I saw there was a, a glass door to the outdoors and there was wind blowing in the trees outside and you were standing beneath a tree with your eyes closed. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to let him be. He's having a moment and I'm going to go find someone else to talk to. Um, but I think that there are people who would be like, what's that weirdo? Doing? Yeah. What's that guy doing? Yeah. yeah. Um, is he Okay. He doesn't look okay. Why like, does he have a stick in his hand? What's he doing <laughs> with that stick? Why is he looking at the sky? So what you know? we're saying is normalize being still and hanging out with trees and not giving your opinion on everything. <laughs> yeah, our le- uh, well, often our lessons kind of take a meandering route, but I would say like, yeah, we, we could share more than just our opinions. And then also like, maybe, I don't know, like it, it's so hard, right? Because it's like, 
did you watch Soul by any chance on Disney Plus? Haven't. Ooh, no. Good no, movie. You've... Oh. You told me I need to watch it. <laughs> Ted, um, there's a character named Joe Gardner. He's the main character. And Ted, um, Freya's at a point now, like she really likes, the movie spoke to her on multiple levels, apparently. And she's of an age now that I don't have to read books to her on the potty because she'll just go in there and go and wipe and pull her underwear up. She doesn't need me anymore. But sometimes she'll sit on the potty and she asks me to tell her a soul story. And what a soul story is, it's essentially me retelling the movie. <laughs> And she loves it. And she'll be like, I'll be like, so once upon a time, there was a music teacher named Joe Gardner. And Joe Gardner always wanted to be a jazz pianist. And one day he got his shot with Dorothea Williams. You know, and I tell her the whole story. And this movie really spoke to her. Anyway, there's a part in there where, um, without spoiling anything, a character is talking to Joe. And she goes, uh, she tells a story of this fish who's always looking for the ocean. And uh, what is, no, he, he asks, he's asking, um, what is, um, he's always looking for the ocean and uh, someone goes, you're in the ocean. He goes, no, this is just water. I'm looking for the ocean. And the fish has been in the ocean the whole time. And it's, it's, I love it because it illustrates like, we don't, <laughs> we're not aware of what we're not aware of. Right. And like, for example, things that we, we're also often not aware of the things that we've been told and we're telling ourselves we cannot do. Right. Like I can't sit under a tree. I can't, I can't wait without, I, I seem weird if I'm standing in the line, I don't have my phone out. Right. You know, and I'm just looking and experiencing the line and I know my lessons meandering. Uh, and that's my lesson. <laughs> it's a good life lesson. <laughs> Thank you uh, so much, Miss Tess. Are you ready for a little thing I like to call a pause, pause, a positivity pause, of course. Pause for positivity. Yeah. This is how we like to end each and every one of our episodes where we spend a moment um, saying something that we are thankful for and something that we love about ourselves. And we encourage our listeners to do the same. Uh, what's something you're thankful for, Tess? Um, <laughs> something I'm grateful for. And you're going to think like now I'm now I'm just like blowing smoke up your butt, but Cult, cults. no, no, I, I am grateful for my friendship with you. <sighs> and the reason specifically why mm -hmm. is because, um, I, uh, work at the library that you used to work at and Eric, I don't know if you're aware of this, but you've touched a lot of lives at that library. Like they still talk about you pretty frequently. And they say, I wonder how Eric's doing or like something will happen. They'll be like, Oh, you know, Eric would have liked that. I wonder how Eric's doing. And I get to say, Oh, I know how Eric's doing. I get to talk to Eric. I talk to Eric like every couple weeks and uh, we get on zoom and oh, we talk about stuff and, you know, he's doing, he's doing good. He's got this job and, you know, Freya's going to school and like, and they're all like, wow, that's so cool that you still talk to Eric. Tell him I say hi. So everyone says hi. Oh. And um, I just feel like special that um, I feel like it's, this is weird, but I feel like adult friendships can be hard mm -hmm. um, uh, because you're adults and you have a lot of responsibilities in your life. You're a father and like that. I also feel like I don't have a lot of friendships with people who have children because, uh, and I understand, but your children become 
the focus of your life everything yeah Yeah. and you don't really have time to like go get coffee or whatever and you have to like if if you're gonna have a friendship as a parent you're you're like putting in work basically and i you have to schedule it (laughs) i'm very grateful that you bother to put in the work to maintain your friendship with me i feel like very honored actually tess i'm gonna (laughs) When I go to bed tonight, I'm just going to hover a few inches above the bed uh, because you're such a sweetheart. Also, you're not going to believe this. I'm going to circle it and hold it up to the camera. The thing that I am thankful for. Let's see. Can you see it? I circled it. What does that say? Is it reversed? Jeff. (laughs) We were on the same like brain wavelength. We were on the same wavelength. Um, the thing I'm thankful for is our friendship because one, not well, not only so first of all, your friendship is so much more than just this cast, but like you've done this with me and you've stuck with me, even throughout all my I think we should cancel it. Okay, it's canceled. Okay, it's back. Oh, maybe it's not canceled. Okay, we're still here. And you've stuck with me, even as I've been trying to figure things out. Um, who knew it was worship the tree goddess the whole time? I mean. I would have never known, but, um, and I've always appreciated uh, your, your, your friendship, your kindness, your empathy, and just your passion for your job. And thank you for being my friend, Tess. Aw, you're welcome. And thank you. (laughs) Listeners, we encourage you to take a moment and say something that you're thankful for right now. And for anyone watching on YouTube, got to just share a moment where Tess and I just like stared at each other. <laughs> Eric, what's something you like about yourself? Uh, something that I like about myself is that I think I'm always <laughs> constantly trying to find um, ways to help me. Uh, uh, um, well, okay, here is the deal. The thing that I like about myself is that I'm very comfortable keeping an open mind about things. And that I'm, 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 I like, I I can leave it to that. I'm very comfortable keeping an open mind about things. And I'm constantly questioning things that we're told either by our parents or society or whatnot, that this is the way things are. Um, And I like that about myself because I feel like it gives me a a broader view of the universe, even if it makes me look like a weirdo. I like that about you too. I think that it's good for people to make their own decisions about and not just like accept what they've been told, you know, like, you know, sometimes we have rules for reasons, but sometimes it's worth questioning. Why is that a thing? Like, what? I don't know if I've said this on the cast, but when I was a kid, um, and once again, nothing against anyone's spiritual path, but when I was a kid, I was raised Catholic and I don't remember anyone ever asking me <laughs> what I believed, you know, they just kind of told me. And then even when I got old enough to question it, I was told, do not question it. And oh. like, even from a young kid, even from as a young kid, I, that set red flags in my head. I was like, well, this doesn't, this doesn't seem right to me. Yeah. Looking yeah. That's, um, that's, well, I'm surprised. I, I find that I'm regularly surprised because like, uh, I'm Jewish and I'm surprised when I hear things about other religions, like, because I've had to educate myself about the other religions. Like, I feel like if you're Christian, you 
kind of have an idea of what people who are Christian believe. And since I wasn't, I'd had to like learn what it is that they believe. And I thought that in Catholicism, there was um, a, a ceremony of confirmation in which you, in which you kind of like, all right, I was raised in this, but now I'm choosing it for myself. Is that, is it not an, is it not a real choice? Um, well, I'm definitely not the expert. There is, but that's like later, like you're like a teenager or something like that. Yeah. 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 I, I wasn't talking like as a kid, you know? Oh, oh yeah. Or that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even as a young child, I was questioning like, really? <laughs> and I remember going and I had my first, uh, was it Holy Communion? And I did the whole thing and no one once told me why or what? <laughs> like, I was just told this is the thing you do and you hold your hands like this. And you put the, you put the thing in your mouth and you do that. And I remember later, it was until years later that I figured out the actual, I know, look at you. I know. know, Well, it's, I mean, because when I first, like when I was educating myself about what people and other cultures believe, I remember reading about the, the sacrament of Mm -hmm. communion and thinking that sounded really out there. Like what, like, whoa, you're transforming the bread into the body of this guy that you like. like It's like a symbol. Yeah. Yeah. I was a little confused. Um, so I, I guess I'm glad that you were, you were in it and you were a little confused and that makes me feel a little better. (laughs) It is. It's an interesting world we live in. Uh, what's something you love about yourself, Tess? <laughs> something I love about myself is that um, I am slowly getting better at taking care of myself. You mentioned in the, uh, it was very nice. You gave me several compliments in a row uh, a few moments ago. One of them was how passionate about my job I am. And um, I think that uh, whenever, whenever I, I'm not feeling well. I feel guilty taking off of work. I feel like, but I, even though I am not feeling well, I should still go in because they need me. And the problem is that historically, when I push myself too far, there's, um, uh, there are, uh, there are consequences and, um, if I had just said, you know what, I woke up at three o'clock in the morning. I had a really bad migraine. I took my medicine. It didn't go away. My head is throbbing. I'm just going to stay home today and I'm going to rest. And, um, I might take some naps. Um, I'm in a, uh, I'm not going to be productive today because I don't feel good, but if I rest and I actually take care of myself, then I will feel better tomorrow. And then I can go back to work. Mm -hmm. And so it sounds stupid. Like, of course you have to, sometimes your body needs rest and some people's bodies need more rest than other people's bodies. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that. And I would never pass judgment on another person for taking a sick day, but for some reason I don't offer myself that same kindness Um, and so I'm slowly getting better at it. And, um, I, uh, when I, I recently got the second dose of the coronavirus vaccine and congratulations, um, thank you. But I had some side effects. Um, and I remember thinking I should just tough it out and go to work. Mm. Um, 
And instead I stayed in bed all day, not feeling well, but it was good that I did that because had I just pushed myself, I probably would be feeling lousy for even longer than I did. We rescheduled recording because of it. Remember? Yeah. I think that was a good decision. That's what I'm saying is like, I think in my head I was thinking, oh no, if I tell Eric that I can't and then he won't want to reschedule and then he's not going to want to do the podcast with me anymore. And I just had to kind of trust myself, what my body was telling me. And my body was saying like, you, this ain't it girl. Like we need to rest. Like we can't be just talking to our friends today. We can't go to work, you know, all you go. <laughs> and I'm learning to listen to my body. And that is something that I am liking about myself. <laughs> So listeners, take a moment, reflect, and say something that you love about yourself. It's hard, but you should do it. I like that about you, too. (laughs) I like that, too. Do you think... um, and? I know we're not really too sure how many people are actually listening. We know at least Morgan is. How many people do you think actually participate in the positivity pause? I hope they all do. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, it, it's hard. It's I have a coworker um, that she's a, a great artist, you know, like she'll just kind of free draw a Dr. Seuss picture and then she's making a display, you know? And every time I compliment her, I'd be like, that's amazing. That's great. Oh, it's nothing. It's, it's really, it could be better. You know, it could be this. And it, it always makes me, it always it makes me a little sad and frustrated because it's like, I'm frustrated for her that she doesn't see how great it is because she's not, she doesn't internalize the thing I'm saying, right? It bounces right off, you know? So yeah, it's hard. It's hard to big up yourself. Yeah. Like I feel like it's easy to talk about the people that you like and how great they are. Um, but it's, uh, it's surprising that we don't also show that same love to ourselves. Yeah. So everybody out there, please love yourself. Love yourself. Well, it's, it's funny too, because it's like it, you, it's, you can love others without loving yourself, but it definitely colors how things work, right? You know, and like you're stuck with you, <laughs> right? I mean, you're, we've talked about this before. There's only one timeline. This is it. You, you are you, you know? Uh, um, you've been listening to episode number, I think it's 58, right? I think you're right. Yeah. And um, my name's Eric. You're right. My name is Tess. (laughs) (laughs) And if you would like to email us, our email is sameteamyall at gmail.com. We love to hear uh, what you're loving. um, If you're participating in the cake challenge, any life lessons you've learned, really anything. We just want to hear from you. And um, did my voice crack just then? (laughs) (laughs) I just want to hear from you. Um, I'm getting emotional. Um, And also our Twitter handle is at sameteamyall. Tess has been manning it for for so long. I very much appreciate it. A lot of inspirational memes. Um, you can see my uh, today's fat story of me looking at a piece of cake um, with pure joy and about three chins, um, yeah. but that's okay. There is about three, but you know what? I like it. I think it looks great. I think it's, you, I just see joy shooting out of your face, you know? 
Um, we also have a Spotify account. If you search for same team, y'all, you're going to find some professionally, semi-professionally, not really professionally, amateur curated playlists by me and Tess. And also, uh, as we mentioned, you can always find these episodes and maybe more in the future on YouTube. Just search same team, y'all. I think on on YouTube, you have to do Y apostrophe A-L-L for some reason. So just a heads up. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I think that's true. I could be wrong. Um, oh, real quick too, before I forget. Hey, Tess, thanks for posting all the episodes. Well, yeah, you're welcome, man. You are a real treat. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this and we love you. Not in a creepy way. And I need to hit stop recording. There it is.